Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Well, if you have your Bibles or some type of product to get to the Bible, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and uh, verse 43. John chapter 1, uh, actually make it verse 45. John chapter 1 verse 45 and we're going to be continuing in our series uh, tonight in square one and uh, the purpose of this series if you maybe weren't here last week or uh, or, or forgot um, is to kind of teach you some fundamental truths some things to that are imperative to our growth imperative to us growing in Christ and you know you got to get the first thing right in order to get everything else and so we're going to talk about just some returning to the basics, how to grow in God and, and, and God's plan for our lives and, and just some different things like that, some fundamental Christian values that we have to adopt in order to live a blessed and successful life. And in John, first, in John chapter 1, verse 45, it says, Philip went to, went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. And how, how do you know about me, Nathanael asked Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And he exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your divine purpose and plan for our lives, Lord. Lord, we just submit ourselves to you, God. We just desire to hear from you, Lord. Lord, we desire to move from glory to glory to glory. Help us, God, to receive your word. Lord, I just ask, God, that you would just come and fill my, fill my mouth, God, with your words, Lord, and anoint your people's ears and hearts to receive it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, many of you know, some of you may not, but it's pretty well known that I absolutely hate to work out. I do. I, I can't stand it at all. Um, I, I like the results of it. I like... Um, I even like the, the feeling afterwards, you know, how you feel well and, and you feel healthy and all that. But I actually absolutely hate the process of working out. I hate getting to the gym. I don't mind, I don't mind you know, working out once I'm there, but it's just getting there is just, to me, is absolutely the worst. And I always like to work out with somebody that is a little bit stronger with me. I always enjoyed working out with Josh, who's our worship leader here and was my roommate, because he would always push me further than I could go. And, uh, and you know, there's a few things that, that I didn't realize that Josh was able to teach me, is I always thought that, I thought it made sense that the more reps that you do, the, the, the bigger and stronger that you get, because you're doing more. And I came to find out that actually that wasn't the case, that that actually you wanted to do uh, less reps and, and the more that you did with heavy weights and it would cause you to bulk up a little bit. And, uh, and so I, I wasn't aware of it, but Josh was aware of it. And there were some things that I had to know in order to grow. And tonight I want to talk to you in square one and week two 
about things that you got to know in order to grow. What you need to know in order to grow. And that's what we're talking about of how to, how to grow and how to uh, begin our relationship with God. Are y'all live tonight? Are y'all feeling okay? It feels just kind of a little bit dead in here. Come on, I need y'all to wake up and I will preach better if y'all are alive and respond to me. So y'all feeling all right? Y'all ready to get going? Come on, I'm not going to go until y'all, y'all acknowledge. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready for the word? All right, well, there's some things that we got to know in order to grow. And I want to give you three things that we need to know for us to grow. And, uh, and the three things that we need to know is, number one, in order to grow, I need to know who and whose I am. I need to know who and whose I am. You need to know who and who, whose you are. And we, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that. The only way you know who you are is to know whose you are. And the only way that you know whose you are is to discover it in the Word of God. The only way that you will know who you are is to find out whose you are. And the only way that you find out whose you are is to discover it in the Word of God. I love the way um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says in the NIV, says, all Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so the only way that I can really find out whose I am is by discovering it in the Word of God. The Bible says that it's the Word of God is God-breathed, that if I want to see who God is, if I want to discover who God is, i got to see it in His book that He breathed on, that He breathed His life on, that He put His words in. And so whenever I, I, I discover and begin to go through the Word of God and to find out who I am and discover whose I am, that I have to understand a couple of things. And one, one, you got to realize that you have a born identity. You have a born identity. And your born identity may not be what you think it is. Your born identity is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Originally, this is not how God intended it. Intended it. If you've been in church for a little while, you know that. You've been around, you've heard that. But whenever Adam sinned, God first created Adam to live with him forever and ever, for all eternity, to to walk closely with him. But then Adam sinned, and whenever Adam sinned, the Bible says that death entered the world. And every single one of us from that point, from whenever Adam sinned, to, from generation to generation, from, from me to you, from every person that's populating the earth, we all were born with a sin nature. We all were born with a sin nature. None of us had to learn or be taught how to sin, right? 
It just came natural to us. And you can see that so well if you just get a couple of two-year-olds together and uh, you you place a toy and just sit back and observe. You can see that uh, it, one, one child, if they can talk at that point, at two, you can talk at that point, huh? or you should, you're getting kind of... Getting kind of close to it. You'll see some, some mine, some, this is mine. You maybe even see a little tussle, a little bit of a fight. Why? Because we're born with that type of a nature. Every single one of us are born with a sin nature. And we discover that not, you don't even have to discover that through the Word of God. You discover, you just, you're born with it. You live in it. And whenever you read the Word of God, you realize, oh, that, that's sin. That's my sin nature. That is just a part of me. And you realize that that's what I'm born into. But the good thing is, is that you don't have to stay right there. You don't have to stay right there. You you know, many people in the world, they just say, this is who I am. And they come to accept this is who I am and I accept it. But the truth is, is that God can and is willing to change us. And so what I really want to spend and focus some time on is we know that we have a born identity, but I want to really talk about our born again identity. Our born again identity. Hopefully, if you were here last week, we talked about being becoming brand new and God's plan for you to become a new creation in Christ. And hopefully, you made a decision to become brand new. And all we have to do is just call upon His name, accept and put our faith and trust in Jesus and in Him Alone, And then we get to that born again identity. The born again identity is just so incredible. It's so amazing. And I want to focus on on some really, really cool scriptures to really show you who you are in Christ. Not who you're going to be. Not only who you're going to be, but who you are. Because if I'm a child of God, it's not about, well, one day, then this promise will now apply to my life it already applies because you are in christ and whenever i am in christ i'm a brand new creation i'm a brand new creation now that doesn't mean that you just stop there god's always changing us the bible says that the work that he began in each and every one of us he will continue to perfect until the day that he comes back meaning that i'll always give him new material Always. It's amazing how whenever you feel good, you know, I think it's God's way of breaking our spiritual pride. Whenever you feel like, man, I, I've, you know, I've conquered this in my life and you kind of have a little bit of a strut, you feel good about it. All of a sudden, God will subtly remind you like, hey, you, you got this in your life, too. Like that you're not done. That's why the Bible says that until Jesus comes back. He will continue to perfect us until the day he returns. Meaning that until we're in our glorified body, until we're actually with Jesus, we will not be perfect. But that is not an excuse not to strive for holiness. And, you know, that's a I'm kind of off track here, but I just feel like this is where I need to go. You know, there's a huge disconnect in the church between holiness and grace, holiness and grace. And and and, you know. Whenever we live and walk in grace, it enables us, it empowers us to live a holy life. And whenever I become a brand new creation, whenever I become born again, and I'll have the born again identity, now the Holy Spirit inside of me gives me the grace to walk it out. He gives me the grace to walk in the born again identity that God originally intended for you to walk in, for you to walk in. And, you know, we got to know what we have. 
you know, it's not it's not good enough to just have a present and you never open it because then it's what it's worthless to you. But until you until you open it and know what you have, then that's great. But that's still not good enough. It's still worthless to you until you begin to what? Use it. Until you begin to use it. It's not good enough to get a present of, man, this is a, an awesome iPad and just toss it right there. That iPad does no use for you. It's no good. But until I open it and realize what I have and begin to use it, then I'm operating in its original intent. The same thing with our relationship with God. You have a born again Identity. So if you have made the decision to follow Christ, I want you to pay attention to who you are. Romans chapter 3 and verse 22 says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, with His undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ, through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. So whenever I begin that, that, that relationship with God, whenever I accept Jesus through faith in Him of what He did, then I become like what we talked about last week in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. So whenever I, whenever I accept Christ, I take on, not, not my nature, I take upon God's divine nature. I become a brand new person. And let me tell you this, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what anybody will say about you. It doesn't matter if you, you've maybe come from a bad past, a good past. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter at all because we, whenever we put our faith in Jesus, become a brand new creation. And whenever we become a brand new creation, we'd set aside our old nature and we take upon the nature of God. We take on the nature of God and we begin to have a born again identity. We become born again. We become brand new. We receive my, I receive my new identity as God's original intent. God's original intent. He originally intended for you to walk in intimacy with Him. And He showed it by Adam. He showed it that, that He wasn't a distant God, but He was a, an involved God that wanted to be a part. He was an individual God. And He showed it in Adam. And Adam lost it. And the Bible calls Jesus the new Adam. Y'all get this? Y'all understand this? Y'all receive this tonight? Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 says... So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. You were created in the image of God. Think about that. You, not just Adam. He created Adam, but he created you in the image of God. The Bible says in Psalms that we were knit together in in our mother's womb, that he knew exactly who We are that you weren't a mistake, that you were on purpose. And in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, 
God says to us, he said it to Isaiah, to Jeremiah, but he says it to us as well. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, appointed you as my prophets, as my prophet to the nations. Not only did God not make a mistake whenever he created you, you were on purpose for a purpose. You are on purpose for a purpose. And you have a call, you have a destiny, each and every one of you. This is not just a generalized statement. It applies to every single person in this building that you were created on purpose for a purpose. And God wants to use you for His glory and for His kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, All of you together, that's talking about all of us in this room, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So we're a whole, right now, here in Fusion, right this moment, all of us are a part, if you made a decision to follow Christ, you're a part of the body of Christ, but yet you are also an individual member of it. Meaning that God doesn't just have a generalized plan, although He does, for all of us as a church, as not only Family Life Church, but the whole body of Christ, but you also are an individual member of it. And in weeks to come, we're going to talk about a little bit about that, a little bit about discovering your gift, and and, and you have a gift. You may not realize that. Like me, I I have a gift. You may not realize that you have a gift, but you have a gift because God, what? He made you on purpose for a purpose. He made you on purpose for a purpose, and His purpose is to flow and operate through you. Each and every one of you, no matter what it is, He has a purpose for your life. And as we're talking about identity a little bit, I want to tell you, you know, your identity is not in what you do. I want every single one of you to catch that. Your identity is not in what you do, but who and whose you are. Your identity is not in what you do. My identity is not standing up here preaching this message before you. That's not my identity. That's my calling, but that's not my identity. You find that identity, like what we talked about at the beginning, through the Word of God. And even Jesus had to discover that. Even Jesus actually went through this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, it says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water... The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. I want to key in on this is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Now Jesus had just gotten baptized, and there was a crowd of people. And for the Holy Spirit to descend upon him and for the Father to speak, wouldn't you think that, man, that would be a great opportunity for the Father to validate him and say, this is my Messiah. This is the Christ, the Son of the living God, which that's exactly what he was. But God was so concerned in speaking not only to the people, but to Jesus. He spoke identity into him and saying, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, we all know that Jesus was obviously the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
But God the Father took that opportunity not to just say that, but to say, this is my son in whom I'm whom I dearly love. Your identity is not in your title, is not in what you do. Your identity is being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And that's exactly who you are whenever we make the decision to follow Him, to fix our eyes upon Him, and to give our life to Him. So your identity is not in what you do or your title, but in who and whose you are. So we need to, number one, know who and whose we are. That's the first thing that we gotta got to know. But the second thing is you need to know where you are. So you got to know who you are. you got to know whose you are. The way that you know who you are is whose we are. I think that I've hopefully made that point. Hopefully you've gotten it. The second thing is you got to know where you are. You got to know where you are. We're talking about growing and the things that we got to know in order to grow. The second thing is you got to know where you are. What do I mean by knowing where you are? In Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, it says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And the way that God set up the earth, where we have day and night, summer, and winter, and cold, and hot, and all those different seasons that we go through, is because our life is also just like that. Just as the weather begins to change, just as we go through different seasons physically, our lives also go through different seasons. You know that. Some of you that are freshmen, you just entered into another season of coming to fusion. This is different for you. Some of you maybe have different feelings about that. For those of you that just graduated high school, you're entering into another season. Maybe you're going to college or making decisions. Life is beginning. Maybe, uh, you know, for some of us just entered into marriage. That's a whole nother season. And every part of our life is going to be different seasons. And it's important, you know, in, in the Christian world, you'll always hear that, you know, I, I'm, I'm going into another season. But, and sometimes it gets, gets a little bit overchurched or, or it can become Christianese, so to speak. But it's true. It's true. Our life is seasonal. Our life is seasonal. And for us to grow, we, gotta, we have to know where we're at and in what season we're living in. Because if I don't know what season of life I'm living in, either I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to try to repeat the season that I just came out of, and it's not going to work because it's a new season. Or I'm going to try to jump ahead and go into a season that I'm not in yet. And it's the same exact thing as I know, unfortunately, I know so, so well that it is now summer. Because it is what? Blazing, man. It is so Hot and humid. I was talking to Pastor Nick on the phone today, and uh, he was outside. And I was like, "What?" I, I didn't want to ask it, but I went ahead and I asked him, "What's the temperature like in Boise right now?" He's like, "Dude, the high is seventy nine." Like, oh. I didn't say I hate you because I love him so much, but man, I had such envy in my heart. I'm just, you know, this, I feel like I need to just sit down and just open up and vent to y'all as an intervention. Like, I felt so. I was like, ah. Oh. I want to be in Boise right now because it's like 187 outside with a humidity of like 300 right now. It is like unbearably hot. Every time I get in my car, I'm like, it takes me, by the time I get to my destination, it's just now cooling off. It's like, 
What's the point of even turning on the AC? Like, it's just now comfortable in here. In the same way, if I was so clueless as to walk outside with a jacket right now, that's how some of us are living our life. That we have no clue what season it is. And what worked last season for us will not work this season. A jacket worked for me last season, worked really well, kept me warm. It will not work this season. And in the same way in our life, what worked last season will not work for you this season. And so if I want to grow, because we want to grow, right? All of us want to grow. We want to get closer to God. If we want to grow, we got to know where we're at. Because there are different things that come along with different seasons. And the truth is, I think that all of us, probably most of us at least, struggle with this. Especially whenever you're entering into a new season because you're just kind of trying to figure it out and, and see how, what works for you. And, you know, even I find like whenever you just, you know, change maybe jobs or, or, um, or uh, schools or whatever, your time changes a little bit in the season. I find that it's even hard to adjust in my devotion time. Because why? Because last season, okay, if I wake up at 8.15, I can read my Bible from then to then. I can pray from here to here. I can worship from here to here. But everything begins to get out of whack whenever my time changes. Why? Because your season's changing. So there's some things that we got to know in order to grow. And one of the things are, the second point is, you got to know where you're at. Because if you don't, you'll become disillusioned. And instead of growing, You'll give up. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't what? If we don't what? Give up. There's a time for sowing and there's a time for reaping or harvesting. And if we don't know where we're at, we're going to be ready for that harvest to come. All of us, every single one of us enjoys the harvest. I mean, if you don't enjoy the harvest, I don't know what your deal is. But but we all enjoy the harvest. We all enjoy what those great seasons where you're just like walking around and just every day is spring, so to speak, in your life. Everything is going well. Everything is lining up. I mean, just every we've gone through those seasons. Some of you, hopefully I've gone through those seasons, man, right before I was getting married, I was going through one of those seasons where it was just like everything was just perfect. It seemed like. But then all of a sudden seasons changed. And I'm not talking about (laughs) marriage. That is a great part. I'm talking about just like everything was rolling. I'm. Do you all have like a, a couch that I could maybe sleep on tonight or that's not what I was talking about? I was just talking about, we go through seasons in life that it just everything is going right. And, 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 and those seasons begin to change. They begin to rotate. And, and whenever it happens, we can become disillusioned. We can become tired. We can become just weary and, and just wanting to give up. But if we continue to move forward, then that harvest of blessing is coming. The harvest of blessing is coming. The Bible says in just the right time, if we don't give up, a harvest of blessing will come. And the goal of every season in your life from this point forward to the rest of your life, what God 
desires for you is Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. It says, They are trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They prosper in all they do. God wants you and desires for you to prosper in every season of life. To prosper in every season of life. And the way that I prosper in every season of life is I got to know where I'm at. I got to know the season of life that I'm currently living in. And whenever I know that, whenever I come to that place that I realize what season I'm in, and I don't give up, then I will prosper and be blessed in everything that I do. So once we know who and whose we are, we got to know where we are. Once we know where we are, then number three, you got to know where you're going. Once you know who and whose you are, you got to know where you are. Once you know where you are, you got to know where you're going. And I'm not only talking about eternity, although I am, but there's many different things. You got to know where you're going. In John chapter 14, verse 3, it says, When everything is ready, I will come. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So I got to know where I'm going. First and foremost, I got to know that ultimately this place is not my home, that my destination is heaven. But through these seasons of life along the way, the Bible says that God's people perish because of what? Lack of vision or lack of knowledge. And if I don't have a vision for my life, then along the way, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And more importantly, a lot of people have a vision for their life and ask God to get on board with their vision. But what we need to do is find out what God's vision for our life is and get on board with that. It's not about what my vision is or what my plan is, but it's about what his is. And Him taking me to that place. And you know, all of you have a a calling. God has a purpose and a vision for each of your life. And some people would say that, that as a teenager, it's too early to really know what your purpose is. Or what the vision is. I don't buy into that one bit. At all. That doesn't mean that if you feel like, you you know, you, this is the purpose for your life and you find out that that's not. There's no reason to feel bad about that. But I knew at six years old that my purpose, my calling in life was ministry. At six years old, God spoke that to me. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that doesn't mean that that you're going to be in full-time ministry. But God has a purpose for each and every one of your lives. And if you ask Him and seek after Him, He'll be glad to give you His vision. And the way that we get Our vision for our lives is just like Thomas got the vision. 
is we ask Jesus. We ask Jesus. And we want to just tie in these three scriptures together as we as we close. We started out in John chapter one. In uh, verse 47. And they said, as Jesus, as they approached Jesus, now here is a genuine man. Here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of integrity. And how did you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Philip went out to try to discover, find Nathanael to tell him about God, to tell him about Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, before Philip ever found you, I saw you. And I saw you under the fig tree. And there's a, a lot of different interpretation or, or um, I don't know, debate about what, what he was doing under the fig tree. Some people say that that was uh, Jesus's way of, of showing uh, Nathaniel the sin in his life. Everybody has, there's, the Bible doesn't go into specifics, and, and I, I try to stay away from trying to speculate, but I do kind of like to think this, and this isn't, this isn't gospel, but I like to think of Nathaniel. He was, one, we do know that he was curious about Jesus. He was curious about who the Messiah was. The Bible does go into great detail about that. And I like to think that Nathaniel was pondering about the Messiah, who the Messiah was. We know that he was curious about it. We know that, that whenever Philip came, he wanted to see if this was truly the Messiah or not. But the cool thing is, is that before Jesus says, before Philip ever got to Nathaniel, Jesus said, I saw you. In other, in other words, Nobody had to come and get you. I already knew who you were. Nobody had to invite you to fusion for God to know who you were. No person had to bring you into this building for God to just come. Oh, yeah, now I know who this is. He always knew who you were. He knew exactly who you were, and he still had a purpose. He still had a plan for your life. The Bible says that even whenever we were sinners, though we were yet sinners, Christ still died. Meaning that I couldn't get good enough. I couldn't have good enough church attendance to get here. That Christ died knowing exactly what I was going to do and what I did. But yet he still died and had the ability to see from generation to generation. And so Jesus saw him there whenever he said, I saw you under the fig tree. Before Philip ever brought you to me, the fig tree to me is got a little bit that it's not just a fig tree, but it's got a little bit of typology in it. And Jesus had some um, run ins with fig trees. If you remember at least one time for sure, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 18 says in the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Immediately. And to tie in that scripture 
Let's have another scripture in John chapter 15, in verse 3. It says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Whenever Jesus said, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus, whenever the showing of of that fig tree, whenever he was walking, he was hungry. He wanted to get something. He cursed it and it died. It withered away. What? It wasn't fruitful. And Jesus said, ultimately, unless you remain in me and I in you, you won't be fruitful. And if we're not fruitful, then we're not really living a Christian life. We're not really. The Bible says that there's the fruit of the spirit. And so unless the only way to truly grow, the only way to really live out a blessed life. Is to be in Jesus. Another translation says abide in me, meaning that it's not just you don't just make a decision. All right, I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer and that's it that I abide in him, that I remain in him. And unless a tree, unless a branch stays connected to the tree, the tree is Jesus, then ultimately it cannot be fruitful. It cannot be fruitful, will ultimately wither away. So there's a few things that you got to know in order to grow. The first thing that you need to know, or the most important thing that you need to know, is that the only way that you can not only grow, but continue to grow, continue to produce, is for you to abide and remain in Jesus. For you to abide and be connected in Him. Whenever I'm connected to Him, then I begin to produce fruit. Because really, honestly, if we take it, if it's, we look a little bit deeper, it's not the branch that's really producing the fruit. If the branch is severed, it's no longer a part of, a part of, the tree, the branch is gone. It's dead. But if that branch is cut off the tree, that tree will continue to be fine. God's going to be fine. But ultimately, we're talking about us growing. And for us to produce fruit, continue to produce fruit, we got to remain and abide in Him. Y'all receive this? Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.